So what you're listening to is Aaron and I playing a game called King of Tokyo on the floor of the living room of our apartment in Athens, Georgia. Aaron and I have a long tradition of playing board games on the floor of our of our apartment. You can actually even hear the floor creaking in that particular part. We play it in the same spot every single time we play board games. It started with uh, the the game Yahtzee, that game where you have a blue cup and you have five die. Dice? Die? I don't think there's an official answer. If there is, I'm already off to a bad start. But you, you put them in the cup, you shake them, and you score according to how they roll. And it was a game that Aaron and I realized we had been playing for months. I don't remember how it started, and I don't remember how it became such a tradition in her relationship. It just seemed like it always was there. And that game started us down this trajectory of always really loving board games. So needless to say, when I met our guest when we moved to Athens, Georgia, infatuation would be an understatement because this guy is a board gamer. It's one thing to say you're a board gamer if you own Ticket to Ride or if you've played Catan, but to make it your whole life like Kyle Key did it's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very excited to tell you that Kyle Key of Keymaster Games is our guest on the podcast today. He's one of the first handful of people that we met. He's the friendliest guy. And it's one of the things I see him almost every day in our office, but I can't get enough of him. He's just one of those guys that you always want him on your team. And he's, a, he's just a great person. And it's really nice whenever the heroes win one, whenever the good people win one. And I got to tell you, Keymaster Games is winning one. So if, you, if you're familiar, they have a game uh, called Parks, and they have a game called Space Park. They have a game called Campy Creatures, Control. We get into all of that. But what's really important for you to know is that Kyle, his story is remarkable. And games are a vessel to tell a really wonderful story on this week's episode of O. Jeremiah Talks about heart surgery. Let's do it. I need to do a couple tests on time lapses. Oh yeah, because I think I'm gonna attach this up to the mm-hmm. the booth poles at JunCon. Yeah, and run a couple time lapses of just because there's like a thousand people. No, that's that's low. There's like a gazillion people. It is seventy thousand people. Seventy thousand people there to play Woo, board games for four, four that's days. That's a lot. How do you much? Wanna, do you want to set that up somewhere high to test it? Yeah. So they they do the drapery poles. I meant right now. Do you need to do it right now? No, I was gonna do it at the office. Oh, cool. I realize that if we're just talking on like in chairs, it's gonna it'd look be, like we're sitting still the, the entire. Most boring. The entire. <laughs> we're like, we're like, <laughs> like maybe laughing, but also just didn't want to leave it in my car, just sitting there. So. Maybe it'll get interesting, and one of us go to the bathroom. So, uh, seventy thousand people at this thing this weekend. Yeah, seventy thousand people there so to play games. I've only known you as a successful board game person. That has not always been me. That has not always been <laughs> that's you. And, I, that's, and that's what I really yeah, want to talk about. That's your identity with us. So that's can the, we go, Where? what part of Georgia are you weird? from? Okay, sorry. 
Uh, we're going to do history. That's going to be great. I just, I just be... want to, just for me, we've never had this whole conversation. I've heard, <laughs> that, bits, which is great. I've heard bits of your legacy from people all over. And there, there are a few things specifically <laughs> I want to talk about, but one of There's them legends, there so is not, legends. Gonna, are we going to break legends in your mind? Now? I, no, be... I think, <laughs> I when, think... We, when we see you in the office, you're just unpacking another board game. Yes. So Always. that's how we see you. There are several parts about you that I will be upset if I don't talk about on this. Okay. But <laughs> I got, I got plenty of time. We can, we can d- dive cool. deep. I think, I think we can get there. So <laughs> for one, tell me where, what part of Georgia you grew up in. I did not grow up in Georgia. <laughs> Already. <laughs> Legend <laughs> crush. Jeremiah's a great detail <laughs> listener. Like he always. No. Yeah. Answer. Let's just break that. Uh, I actually only, I only went to high school in Georgia. Okay. Yeah, in Augusta. Okay. So, so where uh, are you from? I I grew up in Texas. What part of Texas? In Houston, H town. Okay. H town. Get it. That's why you know I get along with Houston people or Texas people so much. You know, hmm. it's once a Texan, always always a Texan. That's it's, true. Um, but I was actually born in Illinois. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. You right? <laughs> so How long did you live there? I lived there for under a year. Under yeah. a year. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, born born in the Midwest, farm farm country, mm-hmm. and then immediately moved to a million two million plus city. I don't, I don't oh, know yeah. what Houston's at. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Grew up in the big city is really what I did. Right uh, in the suburbs and downtown a little bit, uh, and and then moved to Georgia just for high school. So moved to small town Augusta. What what takes you from Texas to to Georgia? Like, uh. Texas to Georgia was my dad's job. My dad is a music minister. I think you guys knew that. Oh, that's right. I do. I think I did know that. Yep. Yeah, he's the he's the music person mm-hmm. in the family. Uh, incredible. Still to this day, it sounds me like the man uh, can conduct an orchestra. No, like any instrument he picks up, he's just like, oh yeah, let me just fiddle on this because this is how this instrument works, mm-hmm. and I'll just play this song by ear, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. Which is in, in some ways awesome because I, I will sit down at the piano and I play by ear a lot. I can read music, but I play by ear. So I'm like plinking out some song that I really like. And he's yeah. like, oh, I think you're trying to play this. And he, over my shoulder a little, <laughs> oh, let me just bust that out for you. I'm like, dad, please, I was working on that. You know? <laughs> I, I was on a journey. Is it, <laughs> is it intimidating? Like, because you also my favorite ukulele bass player is in the room with us right now, but That's right. is it hard to pick up an instrument in front of him? No, no. Cause he's the one who introduced me to, uh, instruments in general. So like it, I don't, it's not hard to play in front of him. And, um, it's, it's more like I have him if I want to ask a question musically, like, mm-hmm. yo, cool. like a good resource. Well, yeah. Any, any instrument like, well, what, you know, like we want to, here's a great example. We want a piano in our living room oh yeah don't have one i just really want to get an upright you know just some student grade something that the kids can bang on mm-hmm. i had one when i was little too um now my dad has a steinway you know like and i'm not oh wow <laughs> like yeah. not gonna do that uh for the kids but the uh i i text him all the time you know the craigslist hunt the piano <laughs> search you're always looking at these pianos people are free and I'm, i just text him the picture i'm like what do you think of this this Kimball? And he's like, don't do it. He's like, you'll regret it. You know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, he's yeah. like instant wealth of knowledge on these. Like he's like, oh, that company went bankrupt because 
they the the pianos were bad, the soundboards were bad, or whatever. Oh like, wow! What? What Even a world? free keyboard or a free yeah. piano, you're just like, yeah. ah, maybe yeah. that's what I'm missing. Anytime someone sends me an eBay violin, I'm always like, no, and then they get it anyway. So mm. maybe I need a really good story with it because no one believes me. Yeah, you yeah you could probably just make it up because they probably won't do the research to like yeah vet that so <laughs> like no you're one, the you're I the violin like, resource. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I have this fascination fascination with really old instruments like Baxendale here in town. Uh, do, are you familiar with Baxendale at all? Oh yeah, actually. And I uh, is that your dad? No, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I I need to. Um, I have my dad. Back to the ukulele. I have my dad's original Sears ukulele. At oh our house. my That's goodness! That's really cool. The yeah. uh, face is cracked and the frets need some work. But I have thought about. I haven't done it yet. But I need so, to take it over there to be like, guys, can you make this playable? For oh, yeah. for everybody That'd listening, cool. Baxendale is a luthier in town. He takes old silver tone Sears guitar K's, like guitars that were like the norm in the 50s right. and he basically remakes them using all of the parts and I've never played one of his guitars that I didn't immediately fall in love with it's they sound like they have stories and they're old and it's just incredible but so you had a ukulele from Sears which is like his no, bread and butter it's his it's like from the 40s 50s it's I mean it's seen its days and it, I think it sat on a shelf and he I knew that we have luthiers here and I was yeah. like let me Mm-hmm. Let me borrow that. But well, I if you follow them on Instagram, he's like, he posts, this is a guitar from 1931, one of the first electric guitars ever made. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just in his shop. I just can't, I can't just get over that. Out. Yeah. And like super famous musicians are playing his stuff on late night and stuff. It's wild. So uh, you go to high school in Georgia. Yes. That's what, so he, he accepted a job back on track now. He accepted a job at a church in Augusta, which uh, we we decided to move. It was a big decision because not a big decision for me. He let us decide to, uh, it was my freshman year in high school. So it was like, Oh, dang. oh I'm going to start a new high school yeah. in, in Houston, which was like going to another world anyways. Yeah. And I was like, um, and the, the high school I went to in Augusta, like it was a public school. Really? This is kind of useless information, I guess, but it was like, that was a public school. I was going to go to a private school in, in Houston uh, but they're the same size. Like the private oh, school wow. in Houston was so small. And and then you wow. go to a public school in Augusta and it's like, Oh, we'll just go to public school. Cause it's like the same size right. as like a private school. So Dang, I think there were 90 people in my graduating class and I went to public school. I'm from Mississippi, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's, so it was t- like, I, yeah. and I was, I think I was 20th in my class <laughs> of 90 mm-hmm. people, but uh, we only yeah. had like 300 and something. Yeah. And yeah, your senior class. Had- Mm-hmm. We had like 350. Mm. I think I, we were close to that. Like maybe mm-hmm. um, it was a small, small school, but it was in a big change from Texas to yeah. what is considered the South. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Augusta is a little bit more of the South as well. Yeah. So I had to learn how to say yes, ma'am. Mm. No, sir. You're coming from Texas. You don't, you don't, you don't do, do that. It. You it's know? really weird because at what age does it start offending you to be called sir? Ooh, I get called sir now. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. do. Really I got like, called sir on a phone call just then, yeah. and I was, and you always want to be like, no, no, no I'm cool. Like you don't. You, you I'm don't, not old yet. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? I'm super. Dope. That is one of the moments where it's like, oh, I'm dealing with kids now. Yeah, like, that's uh, that's yeah. that hurts a little bit. If if my students call me just Aaron, I'm just like, I give them a little bit of a side eye. I try to be cool. Oh really? You like they Miss know Aaron? me like what? Do you like Miss Aaron? Yeah, I kind of expect it. 
Oh. Is that bad? No, I think that is uh, I, the first step yes, into adulthood or, is when you start expecting but it. But I'm just like, listen, we're going to take this seriously. Well, yeah. I, I'm also, I've got two kids now, so. They're adorable. Do you <laughs> ever have two kids? <laughs> Do I? But they, like, here's a great example. They might call you uh, Mr. Mr. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. I just pictured you know? it. <laughs> they, they would call you that, and I keep thinking, what's the point where I say to them, oh, no, you need to call them by their last name, you know? Uh, they right. like, shift, yeah. shift in that. Like, so they, they're like, hey, Mr. Maddox, or, you know, like, no, you need to call him Mr. Schuler. Like, oh. if that's a thing now. Yeah, I don't oh. think I would wear that I just well. do, I don't, yeah, I just, whoa, I, yeah, for my students, I just say Miss Aaron, because, oh, that's weird. I don't know, what the, what is the etiquette on that now? I'm cur- I'm just curious, uh, you're in Augusta in high school, are you a popular kid? Um, probably not. You don't think so? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, uh. You're, you're the a- most popular guy I know, I think. No. Well, okay, I was, I would not say popular, this is, you know, just reflecting back on high school and how high school is mm-hmm. i was everyone's friend right yeah although i didn't i didn't go to the weekend parties mm-hmm. i knew of the weekend parties yeah uh Same. i didn't i i could show up if i wanted to show up uh-huh. i didn't show up you know mm-hmm. um i my junior and senior year i was on the football team mm-hmm. uh but what, i was like what position did you play I don't tell a, me i'm not gonna know no <laughs> i need you to guess that's okay, the, you need me to guess. Yeah, I need you to guess. Running I have to back. think of. I have to think of the words that I know. I don't know what I'm What's your about. favorite position? <laughs> the, the couch. <laughs> uh, um, you were safety. No. Good word was, though. The, you, were you center? The defense is just gonna be super aggressive. Do you think I'd be on the defense? I mean, no, no, you're pretty. You're pretty chill. Yeah. You are. So were you the punter? Ooh, close. Close? I, I was the place kicker. Yeah. Oh, I don't even field know what that goals is. all day. Oh, wait, you just put the ball where it was supposed I to? I did kickoff, and I kicked field goals. That was... That's what you did. That's what I did. I played you do one. have great calves. Isn't that what that, it takes? <laughs> that's what. That's exactly... They, like, measure them for tryouts. Oh, I love that. And then that's it. I love that. You that's the whole need, audition. You don't even need to kick a football. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's, I didn't know you played football. Yeah, it was... Uh, I played... I was on the team my junior year, and I only played my senior year. Hmm. Um, we went zero and eight, didn't win a game. Yep, it was fantastic. Still, <laughs> I, I played it uh, whenever I was in the sixth grade. Is when I retired from football. Our coach was also the guy that cut my hair. Perfect. Yeah, I often think that I, if I was ever on an athletic team of any sort, that I would want to be on a losing team so there wasn't any pressure. Ooh, it was, I would have enjoyed that. It was fun, except I. Uh, we never kicked field goals. Yeah. And that's oh. why we never probably won. He just mm. continued. It was, yeah. it was probably some bad coaching well, did decisions. You, but <laughs> when, on those parties, did you go because you didn't want to go? Or did you, do you, was it like social pressure? Like, why didn't you go to those parties? Uh, most of the time, I just didn't feel like I needed to be there. Most mm-hmm. of the, there was a lot of drinking, a lot of stuff like that. Sure. It's just like, I, I was like, no, nah, I don't need to be there. Not a thing. Yeah. So it, and it didn't really matter you know like you show up to school the next monday or it's like yeah. no one's really talking about it you I, know, I had the same experience like where i was just like yeah i don't want to go but i'm not missing out right like everything seems okay like no one's ever like why weren't you there or yeah, yeah. it, was, I get it was yeah there was no need and i and i so i floated amongst all the social social circles i would say hmm. like i and i had friends in different areas and do different things i 
I spent the majority of my time in the art classroom anyways. Cause okay. I, I, uh, you know, fast forwarding, like I ended up going to school for art to oh. college for art. I have a painting degree. Wow. It, like, so it's like, and I did art classes in middle school, did art classes in high school. And in fact, my senior year in high school, I, we only had to do like senior lit because we had senior project papers we needed to do. Okay. But that was my first period was literature. Mm-hmm. And then all the remaining five periods was just some form of art. <laughs> and there was a weightlifting stuck in there because I was on the football team. <laughs> oh, got it. So like I spent four periods in art and the like different classes would come in. It would be like freshmen and then like some, you know, seniors would come in and it'd be like pottery class and, you know, drawing class and all that. But I would just stay in there and do independent study Mm -hmm. and our teacher would just let me do whatever. Well, when you're in, when you're in school majoring in painting, what do you envision your degree is going to let you do? Like, what are you hoping to become? Mm. That's a good question. Because I don't think you ended up doing that. (laughs) No. Yeah, actually. Well, sort of. I sort of did. So I actually went into college thinking I would do um, drawing. I was a drawing major. Which, okay. And uh, and this this is all this is a much deeper. The whole reason I went, you know, like you you normally think, hey, I'll go to college and I don't have to declare a major yet. Right. Right. Normally, I think people do like a year or two, and they're like, I have right. no idea what I'm doing. Right. I, d- I declared a major freshman year, like before I before I went. You just knew. No, I didn't know. Well, I. Yes, I knew, but also I had a, I had a Georgia grant that gave me money for school uh, from the Department of Labor, <laughs> and I had to declare a major before I went. Mm. Yeah, and the whole reason I got this uh, scholarship grant was because I had open heart surgery before I was eighteen. Mm. Wow. Which was my mom found this grant and it was like, oh, if you if you've had open heart surgery before you're 18, you are at a disability for careers Hmm. because you've had hardship early. And they said and so they were like, we will help you fund school so you can get a better job. Oh, wow. Outside outside of college. So that is really cool. And it was like they might still do it, um, but it was a really like niche, niche thing, grant yeah. and my mom found it were no, you the mom. only person up for the scholarship or well uh. it was it was just like you had to jump through a lot of hoops mm. to get it uh you had to um declaring a major being one of them but like i had to quarterly give them grade reports which is mm. from college from college mm. okay yeah so it's like i had to generate my own report cards from oh, the provost not okay yeah. yeah so i had to like go and they had to and i had to declare a major had to take the yeah. correct classes so like you literally had to tell them I'm going to do this. And not only that, but they came and tested me in high school. Mm-hmm. They had like a um, proctor come give me a test, like an aptitude test. Wow. To make sure that this is something I'm interested in yeah. and it's something I could probably do mm. before they hand, you know. Yeah. So that was like, hey, that was super awesome because I ended up going to school in Kentucky out of state, you know. So they gave me less money because they uh, were like, they want you to stay in state, but they okay. were like, yeah, we'll give you some money if you go out of state too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was like a super huge blessing. Yeah, to find that. Yeah, that's so, amazing. Yeah, so you get open heart surgery at what age? Was the first time you got? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, well, did you know well, that before? I did know that. And that's one of the things I, I was hoping that you would, uh, fill me in on because that's part of the legacy of like, mm. so, cause I know there's one particular part of that story that I want to talk about, Yeah. but you never told me what you <clears throat> wanted to be in college. Yeah. Like, well, what, what were you thinking this degree was like, what was the job you were aiming at? I was, I was going to be a studio artist. Just, wow. Uh, is that freelance basically that is yeah i'm i'm just studio do the paintings sell the paintings have gallery representation um and that's it you're Mm. just you're pumping out paintings and the galleries are representing you and selling the work for you um and i i have sort of done that already yeah (laughs) that's yeah i did that in kentucky after college like i had i had two galleries represent me um, when I moved here to Athens, I, uh, that was part of moving. I ha- yeah. like, I didn't get a new job when we moved down here, Yeah. set up a studio in the off in at home, started painting, uh, did that for six months to a year, just started mm-hmm. painting and also did a lot of exploration and like, what do I want to paint? Like right. what, what in that is every artist's journey, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you guys feel that in music like what am i gonna write a song about yeah it's like oh yeah and and you have all the skills to write a song because like, i had all the skills to do any painting i wanted yeah, yeah. but you're searching for yeah, the just, yeah why am i why am i gonna make that painting sure or why am i gonna write you know when on days when i decide i'm gonna write i have to wake up and journal and whatever resonates the most with me in the journal is what i write about because I wake up every day having no idea what needs to be written about. I don't like, I think about Bob Dylan who writes those songs where it's like this anthem of our generation. And I just don't have that in me, you mm-hmm. know, like, I'm just like, what interests me right this second. Right. And often that comes from just writing blindlessly or blindlessly blindly until uh, something hits that you think like just doing the work daily. That's the only then, way it works. And for then me. all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I really, I'm passionate about this one thing I have yeah. worked into. That's that's the only way I can do it because I can't I cannot write from a place of anger, which I feel like is like where some of the best songs have ever or been sadness. written. Or sadness. Like I don't write out of suffering. Mm-hmm. It's all to me it's just like work where I just like mm-hmm. you know, you you wake up, you sit down, you write, and then it it's either good or it's not good. You know? Yeah. I mean I think we could talk forever about daily habits and No, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, being so, prepared for that moment where you're like, wait, so heart surgery in high school. That's okay. <laughs> wait a, so there, that, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. So you're doing great. The, the, <laughs> the legend that I, that I was told and it was, uh, by a mutual friend of ours that mentioned the Zelda heart tattoos. Yeah. Still want to get that tattoo. Still want to get that tattoo. So that's how I was introduced to it because we were all sitting, I don't have any tattoos. And I thought uh, the the comment I said was, yeah, I can't think of anything that would make me want to have a tattoo in 10 years. Like if mm. I had got a tattoo from 10 years ago, it would be a Dave Matthews band tattoo. Ooh, and yeah. I just cannot imagine having a Dave Matthews band tattoo right now. And someone mentioned, oh, well, I mean, Kyle's heart tattoo. And I was like, well, what does that mean? So can you tell that? The, well, yeah, the tattoo is actually great. Um, I really should just get that tattoo. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, tattoo idea for those listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> everyone who has played Zelda knows in Zelda you start with heart receptacles. So and every and the That's whole. Right. I mean, you're right. Right. <laughs> you you played Zelda. Right, right, right. right. Uh, you start so <clears throat> they're all empty, and you need in the game you go collect uh, receptacles so you can have. You start with three. 
So then you get four, mm-hmm. five up and more and more and more. So the more receptacles you get, the more hearts you can fill mm-hmm. for health. Um, I, at this, I want to get heart receptacles on my arm. Just, I probably get them on the inside of my forearm. Uh, so that actually, I don't care that it's actually like visible to the public. You know, some people mm-hmm. want to keep them like, Hey, my job allows me to do that. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's just, you invented <laughs> because, your job <laughs> because I work for myself. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So right now I would have three hearts on my reception. So I'd have three. So you're ready to start and go look for your sword basically. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's like starting. Um, I would have three filled in ones and one open one. Yeah. Right. Um, because I have had three open heart surgeries and I'm waiting for my fourth Wow. So and then the the tattoo idea would be when I have my fourth, which is inevitable, I will have another open heart surgery sometime in the next, hopefully, twenty years. You know, uh, I will then get the tattoo upgraded to add a fourth full heart mm-hmm. and then one more receptacle. Uh, well, actually, like yeah, the way I mean, tattoo logistics. The receptacle one would never be filled in, and probably like. I would just continue to draw oh, the, the other extra way. hearts, Got and it would look like. See, I don't know how tattoos even work. Well, I've just I've thought through the logistics of this. Oh like, no, that's it. <laughs> like, I think I you actually, need to do it. Yeah, and I I would want the uh, as a fun tidbit, I would want the surgeon to go ahead and with his marker fill in the receptacle one. Sure, that's where you lose me. What? Okay. Because <laughs> it got be, scared for you. Sorry. It'd be a, like an open receptacle that's not so they're filled in with red. Sure. Although I. I Here's a tattoo thing. I really just don't want. I just want a black and white tattoo. Yeah, sure. It's <laughs> like aesthetics. You know, it's this you is are the, a, you are a yeah. I know. <laughs> I don't want a red and black one, but yeah. So he would fill in the the open receptacle as in like a, I'm giving you. This is your next surgery. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna color it in like a marker real quick. And oh, then, my bad. And my then bad. Yeah. I took that so. Uh, sorry, I was in the surgery room, and I felt that and i just sorry <laughs> i went too far do you know what i mean yeah i got it. cool i got you i support that no totally was... just his his own like oh here you're fourth so yeah that's the the tat- tattoo idea is just a visual representation of how many open heart surgeries yeah. i've had and it's just a record on my yeah on my arm so part two wow. of the legend is mm-hmm. you fell in love with the idea of doing a board game company in after one of those surgeries yeah so so that is true yeah and really everything we've talked about so far goes along with mm-hmm. my heart surgeries mm-hmm. so this let's i'll fill it all in for you here so was born in illinois in small town normal illinois just mm-hmm. a normal normal guy is and that what it, the town was called no, normal illinois is where i was born wow um mm-hmm. i was lifelighted to chicago immediately Mm. uh because i had uh my aorta my aortic valve let's do a little anatomy lesson your aorta is their last valve outside your heart so when your heart pumps blood to the rest of your body the aorta is the last valve that opens to allow that blood to go to the whole body okay um it's normally got three flaps so you think of it they call it tricuspid so like three little flaps that open up mine only has two Hmm. Or when I was born, it had two, and they were stuck together. So it kind of didn't work. So when I was born, I was a lifelighted to Chicago, and they did open-heart surgery on me. Uh, nowadays, they wouldn't have to do open-heart on a thing like that, but technology back then, they did open-heart. And 
made my aorta usable because so they just separated those two flaps. That's all they did. So I, I grew up with a bicuspid aorta, which just means my level of physical activity was not that great. Like mm. I just get tired. You don't want to overstress your heart, stuff like that. So my mom specifically encouraged uh, an art. Yeah. Right. right. Hence the field kicker. And yes, there yes. We go. So um, gotcha. she also immediately researching, like we discussed, she researched grants for me. She researched where's the best place my child, you know, needs to be Aww. growing up, and that's Texas Children's Hospital Aww. in wow. Houston. She so, really, she really researches well. Yeah, she's a great. She's a great researcher. Um, so we moved to Houston so yeah. that I could grow up around Texas Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, I had a lot of visits and stuff when I was little. A lot of you know uh, monitors and things like that I wore, and then it just slowly stopped off to annual checkups. So mm-hmm. I just do annual checkups. Um, grew up, no issues. You would never know, except for the fact that like, you know, I just run around and play with kids. I didn't really get all that tired. It didn't seem like it, you know. Um, pretty normal childhood, but was encouraged to do a lot of art stuff. Mm-hmm. Always a revision of the future, like, what are you going to do, like, you yeah. know, later? Um, and then it went through to middle school. I started, like, I, I had a, you know, ability to do some sports. Like, I have, I'm pretty coordinated, you know, pretty good. But my doctors constantly were like, he can't do it. Don't let him do it. Because if you, you know, just like a kid, if he falls in love with soccer yeah. or baseball, stuff like that, like, it's and then he finds out he's not going to can't do it later yeah like you can't yeah can't do that so like all through like middle school i became the manager of all the teams Mm -hmm. you know i learned Mm -hmm. how to keep scores and do all the stuff you know so i could practice with them and get to play the sports and stuff like that but never in competitive environment because the 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 view from doctor standpoint is when you start getting into competitive environments then you start getting into like weight training and all these sorts of things that are like pressing the pushing the body hmm. you can't do that so yeah um but i always asked can i play this sport can i play this sport hmm. and they were always like no no uh-huh. no yeah. um and so then it wasn't until we moved to augusta augusta yep which means when you move you get a new doctor <laughs> you get a new <laughs> and so i was like all right you found the cool doctor let's you test come in, he's got guy. a fake mohawk you say that the cool doctor he was like oh i've got a different he was actually a student of my original doctor mm-hmm. in 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 texas mm. but he had a different view on he's got a heineken kids. in the waiting room <laughs> so he was like i think it's good for kids to experience the sports you know mm. stuff like that so he was like let's if you want to play football because i just tried every sport i was like can i do this can i do this and i said what if i'm the kicker mm-hmm. for football like very minimal yeah. we're talking and he's like okay cool you do that but you do spring training with them and then I want to see you in here to do a physical on like a, you know, heart checkup. Mm -hmm. And it was after that, that junior year we did spring training. I went in for the checkup, like, yo, this was awesome. Spring training was great. And they put me on a treadmill to check my heart, Mm -hmm. see how everything. And the nurse comes back in the room and goes, uh, we need you to get off the treadmill. And I was like, okay, but I feel fine. And there were some abnormalities and all Mm -hmm. the, EKG stuff and mm-hmm. they were like so your aorta's not performing well and you need to have uh, open heart surgery mm-hmm. so that was wow. my junior in high school 
that's surgery number two. Uh, I are had, you devastated? I, it was kind of an, well, a, the whole journey, like these heart surgeries are inevitable, mm-hmm. right? So and you the, knew that as a kid. Yes. Okay. I mean, I grew up knowing that. So it's, you can consider it like, uh, parts of a car, right? So they made my aorta usable when I was little. Mm-hmm. Now fast forward to high school <clears> when they tell me this, um, I had a procedure where they, um, they actually took my aorta out in high school. They removed that. They took my pulmonary valve, which is the valve in between your heart and your lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically donated my pulmonary to myself. That pulmonary valve went over to my aorta. Oh. And I got a donor pulmonary. And you, yeah, you're, you're looking at me confused because I was like, why would you do that? There was nothing wrong with the pulmonary. Um, it was a new, brand new procedure. There was only one doctor in the world doing it. And my mom researched. Let's go back to my mom research. <laughs> yeah. She researched and found this guy. And it, like, this is the best procedure. Now, widely known, it's called the Ross procedure. Now you see... Um, prove- Not the Kyle. Sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Ross in England uh, mm. was the first one to do it. That and the guy, yeah. the guy who I got it from was a student of him. So like first generation mm. learning. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. He was the only doctor in the United <laughs> States who did it. And it, he was at the University of Oklahoma. So I had that procedure done at the University of Oklahoma. Um. That that procedure is now done by pro athletes. It's very common. You'll hear it. Pro athletes will go have the procedure and then go right back to sports. Oh. Because it because what they're doing is by donating your own pulmonary over to your aorta, you're eliminating the risk of rejection on your on your aortic yeah. donation because it's your own tissue. Right. Your body mm-hmm. immediately accepts it. Yeah. So if you're going to have complications from the surgery, it's going to be from the donor pulmonary. Mm. Which is way less risky. Which which you can survive if there's yeah. complications. So you that's easily, you're not going to drop dead right. <laughs> from a complication on that. Wow. Yeah. So it's like thinking ahead as well as, you know. Hmm. Now the, the issue is that now we're talking, it's been four years, close to five years now since my last surgery. This is right before we met you. This is right before, yeah. I think I, I had surgery and probably recovered right. I was recovered right before I met you. Okay. Because um, I had started Keymaster Games by then. So, yeah, yeah they we're getting back to your original. So, now, uh, yes. Wait, did you have Emmy yet? No. Because Emmy's only four? Correct. And okay. that's Emery is named Emery because mm-hmm. uh, oh. I had my surgery okay. at Emory University Yeah. right before we had Emery. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, that's, why, that's where Emery gets her name. From Emory University because the year before we found out we ha- we were having Emory, I had my third open heart surgery. Okay, wow. Um, which stemmed from uh, the pulmonary valve that was a donor degrading. Uh, so just like car parts, we're talking about car parts. Like it, it goes bad. That this is not my body part. <laughs> it was donated to me. Uh, in constant use, it starts to cal, you know, get calluses and seize up. And it just didn't work very well. Mm. This was four, five years before we thought it would probably be. There's time frames on these donations, basically. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that was a surprise to me. Yeah. Like I was going in for a regular checkup, um, but a checkup that I had scheduled because I felt like I was really sluggish. It's a it's a slow degrade of quality of life. Like mm. you just. I didn't feel like I had enough energy during the day, things like that. And there was a tipping point where I, I was, I was painting and mm-hmm. playing golf. I was doing two, two things because mm. 
golf was one of the sports I could do over yeah. the, as a child. Um, and I entered a two day tournament in the summer. Uh, I played well in the first day and I advanced to the second day. And this was not even walking the course. This is like riding on golf carts. And the second day, two holes in, I just felt like I could not keep up. Hmm. <clears throat> and I say keep up. And it was really alarming to me because I was playing with these retired dudes. Like, mm -hmm. like this is a summer tournament yeah. in Athens. It was in Athens. And you're like 27. Can't... Yeah. And I can't keep up with these yeah, yeah. retired 65-year-olds and 70-year-olds. Yeah. And they're like walking circles around me on the green. And I felt I was sweating a lot. And I was like, oh, I feel exhausted. So I immediately scheduled a appointment. And they're like, yeah, you need, you need a new valve. Wow. Like I was working at uh 15 percent of my heart's capacity like wow. like i was literally just kind of so putzing because around. you were participating in a sport oh yeah that's good you know what i mean like yeah. you were given that freedom at a certain age so you could just like cool hip doctor you comes figured through. it out for yourself that's, that's great. right so wow that's so what so tell me tell me how Keymaster's born then so i know yeah, we're right there at that time frame. I can't imagine going through this stuff, waking up from a heart surgery, and not just like every time it's an epiphany. Like you, you got to be so grateful. You got to know mm -hmm. that like you're so you're not impenetrable. Like right. you have to feel very vulnerable to the world, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, that plays back into the original question, original question too of what was I going to do out of college? So like I was going to paint, do, mm -hmm. and and in college that turned into de graphic design and freelance illustration. Although I have a painting degree, I realized that uh, design firms don't care what your degree is if you can produce the work. Hmm. So I, I started working with my friend out of college and we did um, lots of illustration and design. And we stumbled into slash worked our way into working with um, large companies like NBC and AMC and, uh, Cartoon Network and you know wow. South Park the dream all. yeah it was it was awesome yeah, yeah. working on these um, we worked on the Walking Dead season one did oh, lots dude. of stuff and, and we're not not the show specifically um, we we did fan experiences so you know like Walking Dead did a fan appreciation day at the Cobb Energy Center mm -hmm. so for and for Walking Dead fans that's where the CDC was in the show in Atlanta. Hmm. They filmed it there, so they did a fan appreciation thing there. We did all the graphics for that. You know, we did, we were just taking these huge brands from NBC and and you know, kind of expanding the adventure experience. time and stuff. And we, then we turned those assets into an experience for a marketing company. Wow, real like corporate stuff, you know. But you're working with these AAA, you know, graphics and stuff like that, and you get to work on cool product projects, things that you love. Yeah, things I love to watch, you know, and like you get to see the assets the come in from the companies and before they, they were out and you sign contracts that say you can't leak it anywhere you know it's yeah. like it's super fun um until it just becomes like corporate kind of like red tape everywhere you mm -hmm. know and and it wasn't fulfilling from an artistic standpoint you know yeah, yeah. and it just was like why am i doing this you know sure. there's that and then 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 you slam a you need heart surgery <laughs> And, and the, what you're saying, the overall overarching feeling every day of like, yo, like what's worth it in life to really work on, mm -hmm. you know, like I, you might, you might say I'm like a pretty cheerful person, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you say, I, I know you always tell me like, I, I, 
bring happiness to the office or something like that. You do, yeah. But I, it's, it's because it's so many years of like, it's not worth it to like get angry over stuff. Like let's not burn down relationships. Let's not, mm-hmm. you know, worry about that or get in a conflict. But like, there's gotta be a solution somewhere. Like let's get over it and move on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Cause it does, it, it seems like you have the, the superhuman ability to zoom out and just be like this. There's nothing there. This will take us nowhere. We should go. Yeah. And not. that's why you're all one of my favorite things about you is you're always down for a good time and you yeah. don't, you will never overthink a good time. <laughs> and I love that about you. And it, now it makes so much more sense because you're like the opposite is <laughs> like, we don't have time for this. Yeah. Then that, you know, that's mm. super, you know, morbid to think of a little bit, but it's like, yeah, the, you know, like, I don't know. I, I got, I know I got to have another surgery here sometime, you know? So mm-hmm. like, let's make the most of it now. You know what I got now is life, family, happiness. Let's do it. You know, yeah. let's have a good time. So that's that, that hitting you, you know, doctor telling you, you got to have another open heart surgery is a huge weight. And at that time I was working what, what would be considered like the dream job, like working for these big companies, making, you know, New York and LA money in the middle of no- nowhere, Georgia, yeah. you know, like that's awesome. And you it were just, married, married to Julie. She got, you know, a job. That's why we moved down here. I could work yeah. from wherever. Cause y'all met in Kentucky, right? Yeah. We went to college together and then we didn't start dating until after she had already graduated. Okay. So like post college and, uh, she went through, um, med school at UK. And then, mm-hmm. then we decided, she was looking for jobs and she's like, we had friends down here in Athens. So we moved down to Athens. And when we moved, I was decided I'll just go full-time freelance did that. So I just did freelance for these large companies doing illustration and like Photoshop work and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, but when that hits, it's like, I I don't want to be doing this, you know? Yeah. So immediately it's the same, it's the same artist question of like, I have the skills to do this and I could, if I could do whatever I want and I'm in a situation where I can think about changing careers kind of thing, um, what, what would I do? And, um, at that time we played a couple board games with friends. Our friends, the Ots, had us play Carcassonne, which I don't know if you ever played Carcassonne. No, it's a, it's a tile laying game mm-hmm. about a French castle city. So you just lay tiles down and you're, it's kind of area Wait. control. No. Oh, we played something like that with Miles. I don't think I don't think it was Car- maybe it was Carcassonne. I feel like I would remember that name. It's a, Carcassonne is a class like Catan kind of overshadows no, no. Carcassonne. This is a this was my a bad. newer game, yeah, but it, but it is one of those old classics. But not a lot of people still play it. It used to be available on Target. Now it's not. You know, mm. sure. Um, but that was we played that and um, lots of games like that. You know, this you is know. you recovering or is this just this like- is pre? So when you get when you find out the news you need surgery, it's a good six months of prep. Got like it. you need to have measure. You got to have a heart cath. You got to set up the dates with the doctors. There's lots of downtime, right? And, and you're probably thinking a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all you're doing. And and in that time period, I am removing clients from freelance. Yeah. Because yeah. after surgery, it's a, it's a six month recovery. Wow. You know, like you are tired every day. You it's they are literally going through your, you know, without getting graphic on the you know the medical side like they cut your sternum open yeah. with a saw and they pull your heart out you know like, yeah right and they work on you and then you have so it's a broken bone on top of new heart you know you have to be gentle so you have to work up getting out of bed 
Yeah. Moving to the living room. Uh, yeah. You know, you get an exercise list of let's make it a goal this week to be able to walk to the mailbox. You know? Wow. Wow. So it's, yeah, you have to recover from that. That sounds so humbling. It's, <laughs> yeah, you immediately, yeah. Like we had Julie's brother live with us for four months so he could help me. Yes. Yeah. Because Julie had to go back to work, you know, and we needed someone to just help me get up and you know you learn you got to learn how to get out of bed because you can't twist your torso Hmm. because that would hurt you know you got if you got a cough they give you a big teddy bear you got a hug because when you cough you're moving your chest wow and it hurts real bad Mm -hmm. so and this being my third third time around it's like when they hit you with that news of you've got to go through all that you instead of someone telling you you've got to do something and you have no idea what it is you know exactly my, what you're I know going exactly through. what's going to happen yeah. and like just like, dread i just cried yeah. when it, like you know like i don't and it wasn't a oh my gosh this is happening to me it was like i don't want to do that yeah. you know like mm-hmm. bummer i don't want to do that that's a whole year of your life of yeah. the up the de- this this ar- very familiar arc yes and uh here's a, the super technical side too of uh, medical technology were almost to the point where they could just go in my leg uh, robotically almost like and they put a cath up in there and they just expand a new valve hmm. that exists now yeah. so we're talking half a day outpatient outpatient surgery wow. feel better immediately the next day I did the prep work for that I did a heart cath where they measured and I was um, two millimeters too big the Two, we're talking two millimeters. The I, I needed a valve that was 18 millimeters to replace. The the technology and their approved valves that they make only go up to 16 millimeters. So the, mm-hmm. those two millimeters were the difference on me getting an outpatient, outpatient surgery. To or, breaking or, your sternum. To six months of recovery. And a, yeah. So and you think like, that's super bummer. But you know, 10, say, let's hope 20, 25 years from my last surgery, like they maybe can go on my leg next time, you know? Cause like, every, every time you go to an open heart surgery, it's a completely different game. Yeah. You're very aware of how technology is advancing and you're like, Oh, they can do that now. Yeah. And I, you know, I get checkups every year. So we, you know, we discuss like how things are progressing. You can mm-hmm. see the, how, how the valves are acting, stuff like that. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, I, I'll be excited to see where it, where it is next time around. Yeah. So, you know? <laughs> so the you're playing Chris Kerbikus the tile Car- game. Carcassonne. Carcassonne. <laughs> you got the, yeah, oh yeah. So I'm playing lots that six month up to you know the Julie, my wife says I fell into like a it a depression. You could call it depression. You know mm-hmm. how could I, you not? How could you not? Yeah. I know exactly what's coming. You know we're prepping for it. Yeah. Um, I had games around and I started buying lots more games. And also, no one was saying no to playing a game with me. You know, it's yeah. almost like if I asked you to play a game with me and, you know, I want to spend some time with you, you know, yeah. you're like, you're going to play the game with Absolutely. me. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't know if I knowingly did, but I, I use that. Like, I was like, yo, I can get a game night any night of the week. That is really funny. <laughs> so we played lots of games and I bought lots of games. And Julie jokes with me, like I went in a board game buying depression and that's that's probably where all our games if you look at our game <laughs> shelf now they are all from this one time period right right there's a there's a joke in the board game community of like <laughs> uh you can tell when a gamer started 
in the hobby by what yeah. games they own because yeah. it's, they're all from one. There's a spike one era. from the time period, the yeah. era of when you started playing. Mine are all from that. Um, That's so funny. Just every version of Ticket to Ride. Right. <laughs> yeah. and it was the Ticket to Ride version. I have Ticket to Ride, and that was the era right there, the Catan and Ticket to Ride. You know. Um, I would say we had a Yahtzee depression. We were playing it every night. We moved here we super. We, we were super lonely when we moved here. We didn't have any friends, so we literally played like every night. We yeah. would play Yahtzee and just like cry. <laughs> just, <laughs> just I got Yahtzee. I saved That's... all the paper. You know, you look at the past games, and it's. Like, all of the sheets are just like Aaron, Jeremiah, Aaron, Jeremiah. Like, there's no friends. You need to put that in an album. <laughs> yeah, this is the time period. And it's that's, so sad. Um. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah. So we, I played a lot of games with friends, and you know, new friends coming in all the time to play those games. But I'm still the constant playing these same games. Yeah. And in my mind, just the way I am, I was like, yo. And this is the art director sign of the illustrator. I was like sometimes this game ends really bad. Like there's yeah. a bad feeling, you know? And I was like, why, why does it do that? And so I started asking questions like what that seems broken. Or we say like broke, like that's not a good feeling in the game or something like that. And I was like, why does it do that? And then that started the whole wheels of like, wait, someone made that decision in this game when they made the game hmm. that this is how that should end. Hmm. And I think that's not right. Yeah. So then I started like, that's when the light bulb was like, Oh, wait, people make these games. Yeah. And what does it take to make a game? It takes uh, art skills. I guess you got to have the art and you got to have print manufacturing knowledge. Like, oh, wait, I did that. You know, outside of college, I worked for these companies. I've worked with printers, you know, printing physical goods. I have a painting degree in design. And I was like, well, I've got two of those boxes checked. I was like, I guess all I need to do is work on game mechanics and I could probably make my own. So I, I just started like tinkering and I started making prototype games, you know, and then just doing arts and crafts kind of cutouts of components and stuff like that. And, and this is still during that six month prep and uh, Julie and, you know, like her family, my family are like, oh no, Kyle's lost it. Like he's (laughs) totally, this is a office or parks and rec moment right. where it's oh, like yeah. you've been white for like sure cones of dunshire yeah. is exactly what they thought like he went past depression and just yeah. went now like, and you're making your big pitch i'm like yeah <laughs> and i made it's just like there he goes <laughs> i made a couple of games and like they uh <laughs> because we're in that same time period i'm like will you play it with me like <laughs> how are they not gonna say they're no like yeah that? sure yeah Kyle, sure whatever <laughs> uh and then they but luckily the games i made and they played they're like oh wait these are pretty good. Like we thought you were going crazy. <laughs> and you, did you just have a knack for it or? I think, I think, um, something I've learned over the past, you know, few years running Keymaster two, I, I feel like I have a very good sense of looking at overall complex, complex systems yeah, and distilling it down to, uh, what's, what's like the core of stuff. Hmm. So, or I pick up on very complex things quickly. Hmm. Um, making those complex systems like making those games is actually very very hard i'm not you know still learning about that but like understanding like i pick up games very quickly because i can visualize like what's going on all at once and Mm. distilling it down um so it was really interesting like yeah like making those systems work you know there was a game i i made a game called surviving doomsday i don't think you guys have ever it's the very first game i ever made okay wow and uh it's not very good and i realize now like it was uh but it was the first game i like pitched around and showed people Mm -hmm. you know and the first time i played it was with julie and 
and her brother in the house. You know, like recovery. I'm like just at the house. Mm-hmm. I made this prototype copy, and they looked at me and they're like, "This is not fun." Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, "I see that now." Like, you know, <laughs> so, right, right. yeah. So that's where I mean, that game and you know, just working in that and on that stuff. I was like, "Yo, people make these games. I think I could do this too." And I had the, you know, history of two things, you know, art and design background and all that. And I had the knowledge to do it. So I just started, went into it. And and then I realized like, yo, I'm sitting here at the kitchen table with my wife and her brother, you know, and the family comes over. Like we sit there for two hours, we Mm -hmm. talk, we play games. Like, I was like, this is awesome. And this is worth it. And for the first time, maybe in a a long time, I was like, I'm making, I'm creating, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm using art, which I love. Um, I am feel fulfilled in my day. You know, like I'm waking up thinking, yeah, I got to work on that. Like mm-hmm. I want to work on that. Which is you the know? best feeling in the world. Yeah. Super. That's, that's, I think that's what, you know, it's maybe a creative you're always after. Like what gets me up? I used to make lists yeah. like what gets me excited. Yeah. You know, in that art, when I was doing freelance painting, I was like, I was searching for what do I want to paint mm-hmm. about? You know, I can paint. I have the technical knowledge. I have a degree in painting, you know, like, but I couldn't find what do I want to paint? You know, like, what is the reason I'm painting? Right, right. Mm. You know, so I would make lists of like, well, what am I, what excites me, you know, in my daily life, you know? And this was maybe the first time now I'm like waking up and I'm not thinking about what's going to excite me today. I'm like, no, that I want to keep working on that game. You know, what excites me is getting everyone around the table, having a good time and making memories and actually like connections because you know yes i have that overarching like i gotta have surgery (laughs) yeah soon i want to make connections with family i want to spend quality time you know like that's just Mm -hmm. a very like mortal way of thinking yeah like so how how where does control come into this would you say control was the first success doing this yeah actually well and control came in the same time I met Maddox. So Maddox is the other part of Keymaster when it first started. Uh, I had two or three games prototypes I was working on. Maddox moves to Athens and our friends, mutual friends are like, you two would get along. You should meet up. Well, I was, this was post-surgery and I'm recovering. Oh, wow. The first time I met Maddox was we went to uh, the taco, a taco place and for lunch and Julie's brother like drove me there because I couldn't drive because mm-hmm. I, I was recovering mm-hmm. and um, I was also super like weak and tired you know and I just had heart surgery and I met Maddox you know and we like hit it off a little bit but no game conversation there it wasn't until like he invited us over and I was like oh, I'll bring this game that I made hmm. you know and that sparked interest in him mm. he was like what you make games you know and so he started tinkering mm-hmm. he uh, ended up making control a little prototype of this game he wa- he thought he should make same he's doing the same thing i was doing he kind of caught the bug from me and uh then the two of us together when we played that game i was like this game is really small really simple really good and we should do something with it yeah and that was immediately like i had already bought the domain and like i had already started Keymaster as a business it's just kind of one of those invisible businesses at the time that mm-hmm. like I did all the legwork legally yeah. to have it. Um, Cause what I was going to do was I was exploring the options. Do I make games and pitch them to publishers? Right. And, and, every, and there's lots of, we get emails all the time from people like this too. It's like, 
I have this idea. What do I do with it? And you have to, are you going to publish it yourself? Are you going to mm-hmm. pitch it to other people? Where are you? What do you want to do? I was in that, that season. Right. And when we had con- this control game show up, I was like, oh, let's, let's just go for it. You know, yeah. let's learn about it. So yeah. that, that was the birth of control and what is Keymaster's first game. So you get, I know for us, there are so many years of just walking in the dark there's no no one turns a light on. You're just wandering, mm. and you hit something hits. Now we we've never had a big hit, but you but for us a hit is when someone flicks a light and there's like that's the direction you go. Mm. And I feel like maybe from an outsider, when you launch Control on Kickstarter, that's got to feel like someone turning on a nightlight. Yeah, we. I mean, we worked a relatively short time in consideration of how long it takes to make a game. We. We were working on Surviving Doomsday at first. Oh, okay. Like they thought, you know, it's it was Keymaster Games. It was like my like my company. I was going to make the game that I was making, you know. And we, when we made Control, we were like, wait, this is a better game in general right now, and a better company decision to make a small box game, put it on you know Kickstarter. And so we only worked for four months on control to get it ready for kickstarter but it was like that like furious creative for once like oh man this is so good like let's do this and this and this and this and i was working on the art for it and um the art for that game is so dope thanks it was it's so great it was a mad dash i remember I, i remember asking who did the art for that and thinking they misspoke when they said you because i was like I don't know anyone that could do that. And I know Kyle. Like, I remember just being blown away by it. That was, um, and that was the first time I ever illustrated for the game. And Maddox was like the art director on that too. So he was like directing Mm -hmm. what it should look like. And I was just illustrating the whole time. And fun. we could talk a whole, we could have a whole thing where we just talk about Control's birth in general. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, Mm -hmm. I did that artwork in two weeks. (laughs) Like the whole thing. No way. Two weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's you know we could talk i say we could talk a whole time about because we could talk about the creative process Mm -hmm. and how i physically did the work in two weeks but i probably spent like four months Mm -hmm. prepping for that two weeks and that's something we'd like touched on at very the very beginning like the daily work of like yeah yeah because i remember every moment of that because i remember reading the rule book and it's like a comic book yeah that was an add-on and i remember just being just like in awe of it i remember the first time we played it at the winkler's house and um, I think Ian and Sarah were both like, yeah, like this guy, Kyle, that goes to our church, like he actually, like this is his, we're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it just, you, you have that feeling of some, so, it happens to us sometimes people will come, this sounds like I'm bragging myself, but this is just the only example of I can think of. People will come see us at a show and be like, we thought we were just coming because you're our friend. But you're like a real musician. Real good. Yeah. And the same thing for you. Like we weren't into board games until we moved here and control and campy got us into board games. Yeah. And when I'm playing those games, I'm not like, oh, this is great. This is my friend Kyle's game. Like, it's just like, this is a freaking game. Yeah. We got kind of obsessed with um, Space Park for a while. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. We played alone a lot. Had we had that when we first moved here, there, it would be very worn. (laughs) Well, when wear, depression. I'll just give you a new copy when you get. I love that. So control goes on there. The goal is seven thousand dollars. Yeah, and, and I it, like talking numbers because this to me is 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 physical proof 
of the light coming on in the darkness, right? Yeah. Like you have, you have hard numbers that there's value to what you're doing. Yeah. And that's, let's, let's do the math on that. Like Maddox and I did the math with, there's so many resources on how to do a Kickstarter and what you need to plan for. We researched, did all that. Um, we knew if we put the goal at $7,000, uh, we would need to print a certain number of copies. And we were looking at probably putting our own money in there of like 2,500 each, hmm. like 7,000 was, would not fund a run based on right. the money we received from people to get 7,000. But you really don't want to not raise 7,000. Right. 7,000 was like the minimum. Sure. Meaning we need to order some, a minimum order from a manufacturer and, then we were willing to put money into it to make the game happen. Right. And 7,000 would be a great chunk mm -hmm. into that. So uh, when we launched that, we didn't do any advertising, didn't know any, you know, didn't know anyone in the game community. We just put it up there on Kickstarter and yeah. And it ended at $70,000. Which, yeah. which if, if it were me, man, I would be fist pumping. All, I would be in the Kroger at the grocery store showing strangers my phone. They're like, do you know what Kickstarter is? This is what Kickstarter is. Because most people don't know what Kickstarter is. They exactly. don't. Yeah. yeah. It was just, I think because, you know, looking back on it, it was a $20 game, you know, and in the board game community, that's, you know, just add on. Throw throw your yeah. money. They're, they're spending $100, $150 on games. Mm. $60 is about like the normal game price in the in the hobby so for a 20 dollar little card game to hop on there they're like yeah sure i'll throw a 20 20 at that and we we see that now like that was just and it was a little bit ahead of the big wave of lots of people putting stuff on kickstarter yeah so we kind of like snuck in at the very beginning wow and it did yeah. it spike like instantly or no it was a slow burn it was the kind of the crazy yeah. like you know we you click that launch button you guys have clicked the launch button mm -hmm. before oh. it's a sweaty moment and you're like i don't know who's gonna show up you know we click it get a couple orders in the first couple mm -hmm. moments you're like oh people people are interested. i don't know that person's name yeah i, have like, no I don't idea know who these that people guy. are yeah. i thought it was my family who was gonna like hop in you know i don't think my mom even ordered control just to you be know? clear like, kyle was the first one on ours <laughs> yeah i'm all i he, waited for that he, <laughs> well before I, we even posted it we already had a notification that someone backed it and we we're like kyle <laughs> well the key master kickstarters have become tradition because i don't maybe we should have said this on top we all work in the same office yeah so we work at a co-working space in town and it, I, it's like Christmas every time you launch a game for so many people in the community because we it feels like we're a part of it with you. Yeah, and there's, so, a, there's a crazy virtual momentum that just like fills up. when, yeah. and, and there's lots of work that goes into that launch button, you know? Yeah, lots and that's and why we came to you when we wanted to do a Kickstarter and you coached us on it. And the best part about you is that you're so selfless and you're like, let's sit down, let's talk about it. And you went through every word in our Kickstarter Yeah, it's and you were our guru, but I can't imagine the first time that happens when it <laughs> takes off. Cause ours was slow and steady. Like a lot of music yeah. Kickstarters are, but if you're expecting seven grand and you're going to like party at the end of a seven grand campaign, had you raised $7,000 exactly, oh, yeah. you would have celebrated. Yeah. But whenever it goes to 70, you're like, how do, what is, what's my life now? Yeah, that was, it was like you said, just the like slam dunk confirmation. Like, yo, people are into this. We've made a product that obviously this industry, 
that we're trying to learn about enjoys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all of our pre-planning, financial like breakdowns and shipping and fulfillment and all that, <laughs> we just threw out the window. Yeah. yeah. We were working on a scale that was like, we're going to print some decks and uh, we'll just, on the weekend, we'll just, you, you know, package it ourselves, ship it out with some right, stamps right, right. or whatever. Right. That was no longer That's not on possible. the table anymore. Yeah. And so there was a whole nother season of researching. And so th- there was like the like unabound joy of like, whoa, this is crazy. And people love this and it's going wild. And then you're like, oh, we got to make that and we've got to fulfill we it, gotta, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then it becomes very like, oh boy, I'm glad I set up all those systems for yeah. Keymaster, you know, to exist. And now people think that. Yeah. You we're had a, it legally a, taken care of. Yeah. We think goodness. we're a company now and you're selling copies to Dubai and worldwide because that's yeah. available on Kickstarter. It's like, how do I get that to those people? And, you know, you just start all of a sudden a book opens up of like, yeah, yo, I got to do all this work. And it goes back to the, I wake up every morning going, I want to do that work. Oh yeah. It's like best job ever. Yeah. This is awesome. Um, I think about that. Do you ever see the movie Fury? Yes. So there's that moment where they're all about to just get wrecked mm-hmm. by the Germans and they just, everyone in the tank, they know they're going to their fate and they all just say at the same time, best job I've ever had. And yep. that's, sometimes that's what it feels. I know that's a very dramatic comparison, <laughs> but whenever I read that, like, or whenever I watched that movie, I could not stop crying just because oh, that like, was a tough moment. Yeah. I love that feeling of this is the best job we can, even on the worst days when we're playing yeah. in Utah on a Tuesday night, no one's there, but the bartenders, it's the best job I've ever had. Yeah. And I can't imagine having a game cause it can't, or you had control Campy does the exact same thing. Yeah. Goes even higher. Even higher. Yeah. It's just every every single one we've had is just like building and building and building. Just So we got then cuz we're we're nearing we we've surpassed the hour. I we got to talk about parks. Yeah. Because <laughs> the, the latest. Cuz I feel like control light in the darkness. Campy, you've got like two different lights. This is the path. Parks happens. The rainforest is on fire at yeah. this point. <laughs> Yeah, it's a culmination of, you know, several Kickstarters before we now have an audience. Yeah. We, you know, we know what we're doing. Like, we don't know what we're doing. We're still learning. <laughs> it's like, there's so much to learn. But the, we do know what our, our core game looks like, you know, and we've made a game in parks that hits those things. And then you add, this is not us at all. This is the feverish passion that people have for the national parks which they should the national parks are just a treasure absolutely yeah can you describe the game parks is uh a hike through the national parks of the united states so it is a it is a partnership with 59 parks uh, which is a collection of just absolutely phenomenal artists who have come together to create poster artwork of the national parks. So each poster, each park has just a unique piece of artwork from so many, like over 40 artists, you know, collaborate on this artwork. It's a, it's a gorgeous game. Unbelievably gorgeous. It is, yeah. it and, is like, it's more fun to just look at it. Yeah. You and, know, like I can't get over how beautiful and the game details is. in these work, you know, these are passion works from people in industries. This is something they stepped aside to just pour their passion into. Yeah. And we had access to that and we made a game around visiting these parks. So you are 
you're hiking through trail tiles and you're collecting memories along the way and then you spend those memories to visit these parks that's the the game in a nutshell and it, it just it has been phenomenally successful just be, i think because of the love of parks as well as we had a we had a community behind us already so also well, it's an amazing game it is an amazing yeah, game. It's like, like, yeah, like it was the I the game that I played, and I was just like, they just keep making games that are fun to play. Like, and as someone that does, you could not have predicted three years ago that I would ever like a board game because I thought it was just like the lamest way to spend an hour. <laughs> yeah. And Space Park was the game that made me like, oh, this is freaking addicting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for parks, it's the same. It feels like a game that I just want to keep coming back to. It And the fact that it's so beautiful helps a ton. Yeah, getting to lay that visual experience out in front of you is one of the, the great benefits of that game. It's just with people who see it. I'm excited. People haven't really seen it yet. It's it's going to be out soon. Um, still pre-orders being taken, and it's being manufactured right you know right now, and it's actually headed here, and um, we're going to release it uh, to the public soon. And, and I'm excited. Just people like to, when they see it for the first time, we've had, you know, decks you know, sample decks, they just sit there and thumb through the cards because they just want to look at the art. Yeah. And I yeah. don't blame them. Like that's yeah. that's what they want to do. And it's so awesome to hear people as they thumb through those cards, they're like, Oh, you know, Yosemite. Man, I remember when I went to Yosemite back and they mm. just start story time. That's awesome. You yeah. know, and you know, full circle, that's most of those are because their family goes yeah. on those trips. You know, mm-hmm. so like put a game in front of people, sparks memories with their family. Yeah. And then also, they're already talking like, "Yo, I want a fan. I, I want that to be for my family. I want to plan a trip to go to this park. We've never been in that park, you know." And already now, it's like we've made this physical product mm-hmm. that now people want to share memories with their family, and it's because of that game. And mm-hmm. it goes back to like, yeah, I, all I wanted was you know quality yeah. time with family and friends, and it's like, oh, this is maybe like one of the culminations of like, of all, this yeah. is gonna do it, you know? Yeah, and. Oh, bonus! It's successful on a business standpoint. You know, like yeah. that's just a added benefit. But like the the big benefit is just the fact that people are spending time together. Wow! Yeah, that's awesome, dude. We love you so much. <laughs> Thank you for coming and and talking to us. What's next for Keymaster? I know. Are well, you I... taking uh, parks to Gen Con or no? Yes. Okay. Two two weeks from today. I'm okay. not sure when this comes out, but the yeah Gen Con. This the... is going to be the first Wednesday of August. Yeah, so, so we will, I will literally be setting up the booth right now as you're listening to this. Wow, uh, at that's Gen awesome. Con, preparing for 70, so if you listen 000. to this, go see them. Yeah, that would be yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, if you're in Indianapolis and, yeah. and that, just come on by. And uh, yeah, that's going to be four days of whirlwind. We're releasing parks to the public there. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming in and sitting with us, man. Uh, we'll have you back and talk about creativity and uh, more stuff. I know. I want to talk about habits. Oh, there's lots of stuff we can talk about. There's so much. <laughs> thanks, Kyle. You got to come back. Yeah. Okay. Awesome.
anything to try to keep this good feeling alive. Our engine burning keeps the world turning. Can we keep this good feeling Try to keep them from seeing us cry. 